It's time. We are not called to be nice. Sandy Rios, welcome Sandy, thanks for being here. We are often called to be confrontational. And here with me in DC is Fox News contributor Sandy Rios. You and you still like me or you or you don't like me, James? Are you okay? You're all right. <laughs> I'm a musician, I can't help it. Uh, longtime Fox News contributor Sandy Rios, thanks very much for being with us. We have, I think it's four to one youth in America wants gay marriage. Our kids are the product of public schools. No wonder they poll the way they do. It's time to stand up or we're going to lose everything we have. Director of Governmental Affairs for the American Family Association. Step up, speak up, say something, do something. This isn't a game. This is real life. Sandy Rios is with the American Family Association. A pro-life radio talk show host. Some things are worth fighting for. I wear my vaccinated necklace all the time to say I'm vaccinated. All of you, yes, I know you're vaccinated. You're the smart ones, but you know there's people out there who aren't listening to God and what God wants. You know this. You know who they are. I need you to be my apostles. I need you to go out and talk about it and say we owe this to each other. We love each other. Jesus taught us to love one another. And how do you show that love but to care about each other enough to say, please get vaccinated because I love you. I want you to live. Governor Cash, Kathy Hochul of uh, New York State, perverting, of course, scripture, as so many people have done during this COVID a crisis that we've had. I think it's more of a crisis in the way they have used uh, the, the COVID infection to subject all of us to things that have done more harm, including the shot. So, but Kathy Hochul says, you know, Jesus, Jesus would want you to do this. And, um, you know, she's, by the way, running again for governor in uh, New York. And uh, Lee Zeldin is uh, all, just a statistical tie with her right now. Lee came back, I think, from, I think it was something like 16, 20 points behind. And uh, people are actually, you know, beginning to to turn the tide in New York State. And that's amazing. But I, I want to talk about the vaccines uh, because since we last spoke, you know that the uh, the committee, the CDC committee, uh, decided to add uh, the COVID vaccine to the list of vaccines that children must take. And that means that in states that recognize the CDC's rules, which you could see, I'm going to give you some exceptions in a minute, but you can see that the CDC just has to say, jump And people say, how high? I remember during the midst of this, Bruce and I would be walking through an airport and we'd hear this. I'm sure you did too, if you flew. The CDC has offered, the CDC used to hear flight 32 leaving at gate four, flight flight six leaving at gate 24. But no, now you heard the CDC is warning, be sure and social distance. Do not, you know, over and over, just like Soviet, like uh, 1984 Big Brother, like, it was just, it was really creepy. And so the CDC has tremendous power, much more than it should have. And we'll talk about that in just a second. But I want to uh, just tell you a couple of things. Remember that Dr. Malone was our guest last week, and he said the reason that they want uh, to add that uh, vaccine onto that list, they, who's they? Drug manufacturers and the wicked left, who wants to control people through this. But let's just talk about drug manufacturers for a second. Uh, they're, uh, they're, they're not now going to be funded as much by the federal government to manufacture all these new products they have in store for us. And so if they can get on the list, uh, which they just did, of the vaccines for children, that means the federal government is forced to pay for them to manufacture the COVID vaccine. 
Uh, and so, and it's a, it's a, just a financial boondoggle. All of the children now, all of our children, all of them must be vaccinated with COVID. You know, and the interesting thing is, uh, remember that when, well, you won't remember. <laughs> I barely remember. I do remember polio when I was a kid, uh, not having it, but having my, you know, people just struck suddenly with it and paralyzed, you know, in a big lung machine, paralyzed from the neck down. This was how horrific polio was. And the uh, the percentages, I don't remember offhand what they were, but a lot of enough people were getting it that it was frightful. And they developed this incredible polio vaccine. And we, we I remember as a kid standing in these long lines, my mom taking me to get that polio vaccine when it was brand new, because that was a plague. That was horrible. And of course, before that were measles, which used to kill and maim and do all kinds of damage to people. And they came up with this vaccine. And once they inoculated you, you never got measles. And once you were inoculated for polio, you never got polio. And the same thing for smallpox. And it was a horrible, deadly killer. But this vaccine is different. This is a vaccine. This is a shot. Uh, People who get the shot actually are more likely to be reinfected. I had a conversation with a doctor at the table. I'm going to tell you about the Florida Summit on COVID in the few minutes I have here. Uh, I asked him, um, now just be, be, please clarify. If we've had COVID, my husband and I, my husband nearly died from it. I've had it also. Uh, can we be reinfected? He said, no. He said, we don't know how long the immunity lasts because we, don't, we haven't had enough time. Uh, but it should be like, the, you know, the immunity, it's natural immunity. It's very powerful. If it operates like the immunity for these other diseases, no. And people that are getting reinfected for COVID are people who have had the shot or they didn't really have COVID twice. That's what he said. So I'm just telling you, because uh, I know that's an issue for a lot of people. But it's not a, look, I, I don't want, I, I do not want to give the impression at all that I'm pitting people who, you know, the wonderful people who chose not to get vaccinated against those that did. I don't, I don't feel that way. I, in fact, I, uh, the, the guys can testify to you that I just prayed that whatever I say to you now won't cause despair because I, I feel, I don't feel superior. I just feel, I'm grateful that God stopped me from taking that vaccine. And I also want to give you hope as I give you some really bad information and I also want you to stop. Don't take any more. Don't take the boosters. Don't take them. Don't take them. I beg of you. Don't let your children take them. And I'm going to give you some reasons. I don't. I can't get into everything. This uh, COVID Florida summit on COVID was incredible. We were there for probably ten hours, and uh, you, it was just spellbinding the entire every minute. It's going to come out on DVD, and when it does, I'm going to tell you how to get it. But I know that that's uh, that's always uh, daunting. And yet I would say to you, this is just so important. But let me tell you what I did learn. Dr. Ryan Cole, there was Dr. Malone, Dr. Ryan Cole, uh, you know, uh, Stephen Hatfield, um, all of the, well, uh, there's so many that it would take too long. Uh, there was a whole panel of uh, female uh, pediatricians and pediatric uh, surgeons uh, who were just incensed by what they were doing to force these children to have the vaccines. Uh, Dr. Dr. Ryan Cole just in general said about COVID that, it's always changing. It's been around for centuries. It's the cold virus and flu and various iterations. It changes so rapidly, it's impossible for one vaccine to keep up. It's just impossible. He talked about the spike protein that comes through this shot. It goes into the blood cells, and he said the cells don't lie. 
The cells don't lie. And he showed us um, x-rays of people who have had the shot. It would frighten you. It would frighten you to see what's in the body now. Those dangerous protein, it's a dangerous protein. He said it causes severe damage to the body. And uh, he said, for sure, do not get the shot if you're infected. And, of course, Fauci said just the opposite. By the way, we were going to have the filmmaker of this new movie on The Real Dr. Fauci based on Dr. Robert Kennedy's book. Uh, that didn't work out this morning, but we will talk to him very soon. And I do recommend that movie, The Real, uh, the Real Anthony Fauci. It's, it's free right now. And so you will want to see that. Anyway, uh, so Ryan Cole said that birth rates are down 20% in Sweden and the amounts of cancer around the globe are growing exponentially. Dr. Malone, I want to speak to you about something in particular that Dr. Malone said. Oh, but I have to finish on the children. I, I'm just going to say in general, uh, the effects on children, the children do not need it. They never did need it. Well, the doctors testified that they had patients, that children that had COVID, but they, they got over it. They did not need the vaccine. They don't need the vaccine now because they have such strong natural immunity. And the things it does to children, the amount of children that have died of cardiac arrest and um, the, 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 um, the, the myocarditis and also many other things, it's just horrific. Uh, the death rates have just gone up so much. And that means for children and for adults. So please, 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 I beg of you, uh, don't do any more of this. Uh, Dr. Malone talked to us about the origins of this, which really was very interesting to me because we talk a lot about uh, China developing it in the Wuhan lab. Did they do it at developing? Was it an accident that it escaped? Uh, you know, was this, a, you know, what what's going on here? Uh, and is this just a, the effort of globalists to overtake us? Well, certainly that's part of it. And we'll talk about that when we talk to the filmmaker but he said there's another thing going on here, which really shocked me. I'd heard just bits of this, but never really, not in this depth. He said, he said many different things explain what's happened here. He said up until World War II, there were various diseases and vaccines were created to, uh, to fight, like I just mentioned, uh, measles, uh, mumps, uh, polio. And so they set out a plan of the government to, by 2050, uh, to develop uh, countermeasures for all the diseases that came after World War II. But he said they're, they'll never, you know, it's a, they can't keep up. It's not possible. He said, he talked about DARPA. He said it's a functional arm of the CIA. And um, he said they, uh, they couldn't, they were trying to stop these diseases. Um, but with the coming of the Soviet Blitzkrieg, which was so um, such a powerful move of the Soviets, they realized they couldn't really stop that, so they came up with bioweapons that would stop them. And that was kind of the, the genesis of much of what we're seeing in terms of the research. It was biological weapons that they were exploring when they came up with what they came up with uh, that's used in this shot, which is that one of the... I can't, I'm sorry, I don't want to even choose a word if I can't think of the right one. Uh, so he said Moderna actually is a product of the CIA. It's a product of their funding. They have the venture capital uh, area and they came up with Moderna in 2021 uh, with a meeting of the World Health Organization. They came up with the plan. Uh, they needed a platform, technology to develop vaccines rapidly. The idea is that they they the, the, like like in your best interest to to their way of thinking, uh, they're going to come up with these vaccines rapidly because so many diseases are imploding and there are so many more to come. They, Dr. Malone explained that. 
And so they decided they would shortcut the clinical trial uh, phase of uh, developing vaccines, and that would save them $100 million. But, of course, what that did and what it is doing is uh, killing people because they're not, they are not doing that testing period that they've always done on vaccines. Uh, he said that there are over 50 new vaccines already, and uh, they're grandfathering. In other words, they're using the same platform of the vaccine, the mRNA vaccines, uh, to develop the new ones. They're not making researchers go back to the beginning, which eliminates competition. So the Moderna and the others, uh, Pfizer and the other companies, uh, have a tremendous advantage. So uh, so other companies would have to go way, way back to get to where these companies are. He said it's a level of astounding corruption. And uh, he said uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci sits at the top of all of this corruption. He talked about transhumanism, which is the genetic engineering of humans, and this is uh, under that umbrella. And then just the philosophy, the rights of many are more important than the rights of the few which is, of course, diametrically opposed to the standards of bioethics. He said the flu shots, by the way, they're starting to implement the mRNA. I don't know if it's happened yet, but it's starting to. It's only effective, by the way, as of, at, at 16% because there's so many strains of it. He said we're playing with fire. It's a nuclear bomb. And that's a very, very short synopsis. I want to tell you some practical things. There are states that are rejecting these mandatory COVID shots, but you know what? You have no assurance that the government will not change the head of it in your state. And so um, you need to be aware, okay, these are the states uh, that have resisted. It is um, uh, Oklahoma and Wyoming, uh, Iowa. Um, it's, shoot, I had a whole list here, now I've got to do it by. Um, yes, Wyoming, Iowa, Oklahoma, Mississippi, West Virginia, Montana, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Arkansas, Oh, those are the ones that have spoken up, the governors and other entities saying that we're not going to do this. Um, and so uh, I think that's the end of my discussion on that for today. I, there's a whole lot more to say, but you need to ask the c- candidates coming up for election in two and a half weeks whether they support vaccinating children for COVID, whether they support that. That should be a yes or a no answer. And they should be asked that question. Coming up next, I have a ton of election information for you. So stay tuned. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. Let's see. If something costs less, but people are happier with it, that sounds like something to look into. And that's MediShare. Maybe you've heard switching to MediShare to pay for health care can save the typical family 500 bucks a month. And that's huge, but it's also true that people are way more satisfied after making the switch, too. The customer satisfaction rate for MediShare is double that of the typical health insurance plan. Double. MediShare works. It's been around for more than a quarter century, and members have shared more than $3 billion of each other's bills. People love having telehealth and a huge nationwide PPO network. So, yeah, you can save a ton and like it better. Imagine being happy with how you're taking care of your health care. So if you're self-employed or part of the gig economy or you just want to plan you're happy with, you can call right now and get a price within two minutes. A very, very smart use of two minutes. Here's the number you need. 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Hello, this is Franklin Graham. It's getting close to Christmas, and that means that it's time... 
for Operation Christmas Child. Operation Christmas Child provides you the opportunity to fill an empty shoebox with toys, hygiene items, and school supplies for a child in need. The most important thing to send with that shoebox is prayer. Pray for that child, that God will use your gift to touch that child in a very special way. And then we'll take that box and we'll deliver it to a child somewhere in the world. This Christmas, we'll be delivering our 200th millionth shoebox. And your box might be the 200th millionth, I don't know. But please, pack a box today. We need your help. And we want the little children around the world to know that God loves them and that Jesus died for their sins. God bless. National Collection Week is the third week in November. Visit SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC to get involved. That's SamaritansPurse.org slash OCC. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Liberty University's K-12 Online Academy is the best of a homeschool, private school, and Bible-based education all rolled into one. With LUOA, you can take charge of your child's learning environment and create a structured yet flexible schedule that works for your family. Our qualified teachers are easily accessible for guidance and support along the way. And with new classes starting every Monday, it's never too late to make a switch to LUOA. To learn more, text LUOA to 88741. That's LUOA to 88741. There's a phrase in the preamble of Sumner County, Tennessee. It's drawn the ire of some Wisconsin atheists. The Tennesseans wrote in their preamble about how the founding fathers embraced Judeo-Christian values. Now, the Freedom from Religion Foundation says they were alerted by a concerned citizen, and they say we were founded as a secular nation. The FFRF is a notorious group of atheists, agnostics, and free thinkers. They typically target small towns in the South and Midwest, godless gadflies. The truth is our founding fathers meant for our nation to be a Christian nation. It's evident by any serious student of American history. Daniel Webster once wrote, the Christian religion must be regarded as the foundation of a civil society. We are endowed by our creator, ladies and gentlemen, not a bunch of godless heathens. Be sure to read my latest book, Our Daily Biscuit. It's available at ToddStarns.com. Don't forget to connect with Sandy Rios in the morning on Getter or email Sandy at Sandy at AFR.net. That's Sandy at AFR.net. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. The law they're violating is the Civil Rights Act of 1960, which requires these states to preserve and maintain these lists and voter data for 22 months after a federal election. And of course, we did go into these 14 states. We looked at these top most populated counties, 100 of them. Of the 100, only six managed to keep any data whatsoever, and it was egregious when we took a look at those numbers, but it gets worse because we also took a look at the numbers of voters who voted and compared that to the number of ballots cast. They didn't match anywhere, and when we asked the officials on the ground, they had no answers. It was absolutely ridiculous. You mentioned the 16,000 in Miami-Dade. That's one county in Florida. Does that matter in a state that big? Well, I don't know. Ask Rick Scott. He won his last election by 10,000 votes. Cobb County, Georgia, one county. We found 34,000 discrepancies. We know the last election there in 2020 was decided by 11,000 votes. You wouldn't let this happen at your bank. If you went in there and gave them $100, the deposit slip should come back and say 100. What if it said 50 or 150? 
These numbers don't match anywhere. No one can tell us why. This whole thing is a scam. And these laws are being violated across the country. These election officials, either stupid, lazy, ignorant, or malicious, and they're violating federal law. It's a serious problem out there, and we have to fix it now. We're working with secretaries of state on the ground to make sure we can get to the bottom of this and make sure they maintain and retain this data for this upcoming federal election. It'd be so much easier to check up on it. Here's the big problem. Even worse, the person and entity that has to actually enforce the 1960 Civil Rights Act is Merrick Garland and the DOJ. Do you think they're going to take their eye off of trying to call parents terrorists for looking into their education of, the, of their own children? No way. We're looking for a path forward. We have to make it easy to vote and hard to cheat. By retaining this data, we can take a look at things in real time and potentially prevent illegalities, irregularities, and fraud across this country from happening again. All right, that was uh, Hogan Ridley. Remember him? He was uh, Gidley. He was the deputy press secretary for President Trump. That was pretty amazing. I was talking, yes, uh, he actually he was on Tucker Carlson, and the, the interesting thing, I think he was on last Thursday or Friday. The interesting thing to me is I watched that, that I wanted to pull the clip. I couldn't find it anywhere on Fox. I couldn't find it on Tucker's homepage. They had cataloged every interview he'd done that night because he did some great ones. But nothing on Hogan, get nothing about election fraud, because Fox won't talk about that, you see. It's the big lie. Because they are establishment Republicans in the final analysis. Not all of their hosts are. Uh, but that was amazing. And then when I tried to Google it, I couldn't find it either. So um, we finally came up with it um, just from lifting it from the, the live show. So that was Hogan Gidley. And he's telling us there were problems in the election in 2020. How dare he say such a thing? Which brings me now to some updates for, for all of you. And I'm going to do the best I can. I'm going to cover several states here. Uh, in regard to election integrity, but I can't, there's no way I can, can touch all of it. I hope that many of you are involved in it. Hang on a second. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so I want to talk first about Michigan because Michigan is in a, in a pickle. I think, I don't mean an unfixable pickable, pickle, but they have an unusual fight because their Secretary of State, Jocelyn Benson, was up to her neck uh, in, uh, in uh, messing with the 2020 election. As a matter of fact, um, what she did was she put she set up a set of election worker poll worker guidelines that were illegal, and so outside groups who were training poll watchers used the guidelines of that the official guidelines, and so when the accounting started, there were disputes between those that knew the real guidelines and those that had been trained by Jocelyn Benson. Uh, she has uh, come under a lawsuit over this. Uh, also, she has, as uh, Christian, Jake Christian Adams, who often hosts for me, runs the Public Interest Legal Foundation, and they have sued her uh, to remove 26 dead, 26,000, sorry, dead people from the rolls in Michigan, and she's refusing to do it. She says she doesn't have time. She just doesn't have time to do that. And this suit has been, this has been at least, I forgot the date, but I remember seeing this, this, this report uh, at least a few weeks ago. And so here's kind of what's happening here. Uh, this is from um, this is from my friend Pat Holder, our friend Patrick Colbeck, former uh, Michigan State Senator. He said in a 34-page motion to appeal the ruling by Judge Brock Swartzy, Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson states through her lawyers that she doesn't have enough time 
to update their 27-page guidelines on the appointment, rights, and duties of election challengers and poll watchers before the election just doesn't, doesn't have time. And so um, during the 2020 election and during the recent August 2022 primary election, conflicts between poll challengers and election inspectors often developed as a result of the discrepancies. And so I told you that part. Uh, this is not the first time Benson has attempted to foment conflict at the polls with unlawful guidance she did it in 2020. Uh, the court issued an injunction, uh, and it was especially on that six-foot rule, which she put in place because she said uh, poll workers couldn't get any closer than six feet to to observe. Do you remember that? I don't know if that was just the only if, – if Michigan was the only state that did that, but I certainly remember that. And rather than update her guidelines and follow the law, she appears to be using the media to create the false impression that her guidelines and not the rule of law will maintain uh, peace and order. Uh, but she – George Schwartzel said that her guidelines do not have the force and effect of law. Uh, but we will see. We'll see if they can. This is what's happening in Michigan, and I have many other states to tell you about. Uh, in Arizona, uh, a city council member has been indicted for 2020, a 2020 ballot harvesting scheme. Uh, what they were doing, this is in Yuma. What they were doing was, let's see if I can find this. Um, you know what? That's not important. Let me just say they were indicted, and that was in Arizona. So there, there's problems there, and... Um, this is in this is in Wisconsin. Yeah, this is in Wisconsin. And here's really interesting. There is a report that came out to show that the Wisconsin machines were uh, attached to or like a direct line to a non-governmental entity NGO. Now, I haven't seen the name of that. Uh, NGO stands for non-governmental organization. When I was president of CWA, we were an NGO at the UN. So that has a that's a label that um, refer. I always think of international groups. I don't know, I, I, they don't have to necessarily be. We were not an international group, but that's often a term that's used in the functioning of the UN. But so what the NGO was, I don't know. But the Wisconsin, the most uh, in Wisconsin, experts just reported voting machines used in the 2020 election in Wisconsin were shared with a non-governmental entity in real time in real time as the elections were happening those inf- that information was going to that entity and so that's very dangerous congress or representative branchen from wisconsin said it is extremely alarming to learn that our election data can be transferred around the globe in such a cavalier manner and we are continually told by our election officials and by speaker voss who was a republican by the way the Republicans in Arizona that are in power and also in Wisconsin, in Pennsylvania, and I can't, Georgia, I believe, have been completely derelict in their duties because you know there was no fraud in 2020. And if you dare say it, you're an election de- denier. What a bunch of lies. What an incredible lie. They talk about that being the big lie. They should know because they're great at telling big lies. In fact, I should pause just to give you a moment to smile because Carrie Lake was asked, Carrie Lake, who's running for governor in Arizona, was asked about, now she could be an election denier. You're talking about how could you, how could you do this? How could you possibly be talking the way you are? And this was her response. And uh, Devin, this is clip five, clip five. If you're going to start throwing around terms like election denier, let's remember who the other election deniers were, Hillary Clinton and all the Democrats. Let's talk about election deniers. Here's 150 examples of Democrats denying 
election results. So it's okay for Democrats to question elections, but it's not okay for Republicans. It's a crock of BS. Every one of you knows it. We have our freedom of speech and we're not going to relinquish it to a bunch of fake news propagandists. Since 2000, people have questioned the legitimacy of our elections. And all we're asking is that in the future, we don't have that have to happen anymore. You know, the shot of that was amazing because that's Carrie. She's up against a whole of, uh, I don't know, see if you probably never, you've seen it in the, in pictures, but if you've ever been the object of the, all the reporters, it's a gaggle. It's huge. It's a whole long line of these big cameras and they're all looking at her and little Carrie standing there. She's got a bunch, an entourage behind her, but uh, she's just looking them right in the face. And uh, she, you see the chick reporter who asked her how she could be an election denier and Carrie just speaks right to them because she was in uh, media. She was a very successful reporter in Arizona for, I think, 30 years, something like that. And so, and just to show you how deeply entrenched, as though you might have forgotten, if you haven't watched the J6 hearings or, you know, uh, the news, uh, this big lie and election deniers, you know how deeply it is in the DNA, certainly of Republicans. And I tell you, in D.C., it's just, it's just amazing. That's why when Jenny Thomas uh, was called before the J6 committee and w did not did not deny that she thought there was a problem with the 2020 election, they went apoplectic. Because in D.C., you can't say that. That's like an that's like uh, uh, Martin Luther, you know, uh, denying his faith. You can't do that. You have to say that you agree with him. And I want to give you an example of how wacky wacky is a too kind of a word. How wicked this is. And how much Liz Cheney, the Republican, is playing along with this. This is clip eight, Devin. Republican candidate really? in Arizona for governor. Right. Uh, He's yes. an election denier who is dangerous. And that's the kind of thing we cannot see in our party. We cannot right. see an accommodation like that. And I think it's very important that we be clear about that. So are you going to campaign for Katie Hobbs, the Democratic candidate for governor in Arizona, as a result of that? Uh, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that Carrie Lake is not elected. So, does that include campaigning for Democrats if that's what it takes? Yes. It does. Okay, very well. Now, see, think about that. Think about that. And that's actually what Mitch McConnell's doing, too. He's uh, working against uh, uh, Senate candidates and others by certainly not helping them. And actually, under he's been doing this for years. I know this. But, you know, now it's become more apparent uh, because he would rather lose the Senate than have a Republican in there who he can't control? Really? What kind of patriotism is that? What kind of service to the country is that? The founders must be rolling over in their grave. Now, I want to mention one last one here on, on election malfeasance. Uh, the Democrat who handled elections in Virginia's second biggest county is now under indictment for criminal behavior and the 2020 election. Uh, so, you know, nothing to see here. I mean, nothing, you you know, you cannot believe that. If you believe what I just said, you are, well, you may get the FBI knocking at your door, and if you're a, a prisoner in the D.C. gulag, you have to make sure that you, uh, you recant that you thought the election was messed up. You have to recant that, or you get a longer prison sentence, worse, harsh, more harsh treatment, or then you just may never get out at all, which is what many of them are facing. It's just, yeah. So uh, I want to tell you some good news. Like you, could I do that just for a second? There is a red wave building. There's no question about it. You've probably seen it. 
Let me give you some news uh, as best I can in this few minutes, and then I have some particular races I want to talk to you about on the other side. Uh, Senator Rick Scott, who's in charge of the uh, the uh, senatorial, I forgot which committee it is. I can't remember the exact name, but he's a uh, over the picking and uh, helping the Republican candidates for Senate. So he says that Senate Republicans have a path to a 55-seat majority. And then um, this is from less than three weeks out. Even Joe Scarborough is talking about this on MSNBC. He senses a shift. Uh, I'm gonna, not going to go through all of those, but I do want to tell you a couple of these. Uh, I mentioned Lee Zeldin running against Kathy Hochul, who said, you know, Jesus uh, would want you to get that vaccine and your children, too. Uh, Lee is running against Kathy, and he's managed to close the gap. It is from 24 points to four in the newly released Quinnipiac poll. The Cook Political Report, highly respected, has reported three changes. The Florida Senate race has moved from Lean's GOP to likely GOP. And in Washington State, Senator Murray's race went from solid Democrat to likely Democrat. And in Iowa, Chuck, Chuck Grassley's seat has shifted from solid GOP to likely GOP. That means likely is better than solid. Real Clear Politics, another trusted uh, entity, lists seven Senate races in its t- toss-up column. Arizona, Georgia, New, New Hampshire, North Carolina, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin in most, uh, let's see, one, two, three of those races, the Republicans have the edge, according to the stats. And in, I think, let's see, one, two, three, four of those, the Democrats have an edge in the statistical edge. In North Carolina, Senate uh, candidate Ted Budd, who'll be with us tomorrow, by the way, has increased his lead over Cherry Beasley. Uh, and in Nevada, Republican Adam Laxalt is now 1.2 points against uh, ahead of Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. Oh, there's others uh, we could talk about. Maybe I will come back. I, I do have others I want to talk to you about, but here's the point I'd like to make on this. Uh, it's so close still. It's so close. And if these election malfeasances haven't been fixed, uh, there's no assurance, you know, uh, and that means... Tons of people have to show up to vote. Tons of you need to uh, sign up to be poll workers. I'm going to give you information on that. Again, are you ready? Whoscounting.us. Go to whoscounting.us to sign up to be a poll watcher for either party. Uh, And there are videos at that site that will help you uh, train to see what, you know, to watch what's happening at the poll. There's, I'll give you a few more information, practical things on the other side of the break. But it's whoscounting.us. All right, I'll be back. Sandy Rios in the morning. Do you feel like you're in control of your finances, or is it more like the other way around? Sometimes all it takes is a little help and encouragement, and we've got just the thing. It's Money Wise with Rob West. Every weekday morning from 9 to 10 Central, Rob and his money-savvy friends and colleagues help you stay in control of your finances. And it's not from the world's perspective, but from God's. Don't miss Money Wise with Rob West every weekday morning from 9 to 10 Central, right here on AFR. Weekday mornings at 8 Central, Pastor Jeff Shreve offers real truth for today. I'm the pastor of First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. The world around us is rapidly changing, but God and His truth will never change. I may be the host of the show, but I want God's Word and His truth 
to be the star of the show. Join Pastor Jeff Shreve each weekday morning at 8 Central for Real Truth For Today on American Family Radio. They even sacrificed their sons and their daughters to the demons. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. The CDC voted last week to add Pfizer and Moderna's mRNA injections to the child and adolescent immunization schedules. This move effectively delivers permanent legal indemnity from any liability whatsoever for the harm caused by these injections. Though evidence shows Schmovit has practically no risk of mortality to children, and conversely, we've seen all sorts of horrendous complications and side effects from the shots in children, including myocarditis, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention is forging ahead nonetheless. This is a windfall for these companies that have already made billions of dollars from taxpayers. They will sacrifice children to their agenda. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may He give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. This is Frank Gaffney with the Secure Freedom Minute. The son of the last Shah of Iran, Prince Reza Pahlavi, spoke powerfully yesterday to and for the Iranian people. His speech was widely broadcast and well-received. It can help bring down the tyrannical regime that's long misruled them and threatens us. The prince says he's not interested in running a successor government, but he outlined what it should look like, namely one that is democratic and therefore accountable, secular, instead of theocratic and inclusive, truly representing his nation's many ethnic minorities, religions, and regions. Barack Obama says it was a mistake when he ignored such aspirations in 2009 in pursuit of a nuclear deal with the Ayatollahs. The Biden administration is signaling its efforts to do the same are at an end. We must now demonstrate our solidarity with those seeking freedom in Iran and actually help them achieve it. This is Frank Gaffney. Sandy Rios in the morning on American Family Radio. Carrie Lake was the picture, the image, the definition of a threat to our democracy. Why the threat to democracy by way of Arizona is way more dire than you may think. Carrie Lake, she has made lies about the 2020 election conspiracy theories. Carrie Lake, who has been out there spreading uh, false conspiracies and election lies still today. Gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake, who's been called Trump in heels and will not say whether she would accept an election loss in her own race, is an extreme anti-vaxxer. She's an election denier. She's a conspiracy theorist. Rising star of the right wing. 
and proud spreader of lies. We have to be abundantly clear about just how radical the Carrie Lakes and Blake Masters are. They're nothing like the J- John McCain. She might be in a position to win the governorship in this state, uh, and that that would be a very dangerous thing, both for the state and for the country in 2024. A threat to our society, Carrie Lake. Yes, Harry Lake, she's a threat to our society because she's an election denier and she's also against vaccines. I can't imagine. And she also wants to close the border in Arizona. It's just amazing. Although Carrie Lake is ahead of her opponent and um, that's a good thing, at least for right now. And I know that uh, our friend, uh, uh, um, yeah, my good friend, Jake Hoffman, who's a a representative in uh, a state rep, in Arizona is working hard along with his compadres. They've got some great guys out there, and they are awake and on fire. Uh, So I want to show you, I just want to give you an illustration of how bad Carrie is. I mean, really, you can understand when you hear this why the media hates her so much. This is clip seven. This is an experimental shot. Our children are not guinea pigs. And we're not going to have incidents of myocarditis in our young, precious children. We will fight that with every fiber in our being. We're not going to have this force shot by the CDC, which has their tentacles in big pharma. And I'm going to fight that. All right. So, yeah, good for Carrie. Man, she's fearless. And I just, uh, I'm a fan. I, I, did, I told you I met Carrie. And she's just very, unpre- un, uh, she's very confident, smart. Uh, but she's very gracious. She's not arrogant at all. It's just pretty refreshing. Uh, so I think she's in it because she cares. Uh, is that, what, what am I, who does that? Who does that? Uh, nobody in Washington, for the most part. There are exceptions, but certainly not in the leadership. And so uh, both parties, it's just, uh, and I, I would say the, the, the Democrats are so thoroughly corrupted. I can't think of any one of them that I could brag on. I wish I could. Uh, but I want to tell you another place where there's a problem. And I um, could I just say, get your pencil ready, because I'm going to give you more information on election integrity and how you can help. In fact, I'll do that right now. Can you grab something? Don't have a wreck if you're driving. You can always listen to this again on the podcast. Uh, but um, this is the last segment, so you can fast forward to the last segment. Um, I, I want to explain a little bit better. Who's counting uh, .us is, there's no apostrophe in that. It's W-H-O-S. C-O-U-N-T-I-N-G dot U-S, who's W-H-O-S counting dot U-S. Now, why do I give that? Because you can go there and uh, you can uh, sign up to be a poll worker, but also there are these incredible videos that will help you watch for things in your own state because what we need is a ton of eyes. I don't care who you are. We need a ton of eyes on what's happening in the voting process, and already these election integrity efforts in the various states, and there are tons of them, uh, are catching things that they would never have caught if people were not aware and watching. And it's good for the left to know that we are watching. It's very good for them to know that. So uh, then there's another part of this. There is an election integrity coalition, and they have training sessions. Uh, they got training sessions on... Um, uh, do uh, watch the post office, and st- they got a whole one for the post office. They've got one for um, they have a citizens research project, which I think it's on. Uh, it's for volunteers around the country who are researching their local and state election offices for infiltration by left wing nonprofits, and there are other things too. So, if you would like to be part of this, you st- you can still do this. We have two and a half weeks left. Uh, I'm going to give you Ned Jones' number. Ned was our guest uh, last week, 
and uh, he's with Conservative uh, Partnership, the Jim DeMint organization. And he actually gave us his email and gave me permission to give it to you uh, because you can contact Ned and say, I want to be part of that election, election integrity. And tell him you listen to this show just because it'd be nice if he knew that. But um, it's in Jones at cpi.org. That's Conservative Partnership Institute. In, as in Nancy Jones, J O N E S, at cpi, C P as in pi and I, cpi.org. And just tell Ned that you are interested in being part of the Election Integrity Coalition. They need more and more people. They got really great volunteers, but they can use you. They can use you, and they can train you, and you can actually make a huge difference because you've seen already how deep the corruption is. We've seen it. We've known it. And now we're having actually proof of it. Now I want to go out to Utah where Senator Mike Lee now is in trouble. Senator Mike Lee is one of our champions, meaning who's our, I mean, those of us that love the Constitution, those of us that love this country, those of us that love the rule of law, those of us that love integrity and honesty. And so I'm going to give you just a little idea of what's happening here. And he is being challenged by Evan McMullen. Evan is called, he's called Evan McMuffin by people that, you know, are in the know. And I'll tell you why. Because he was chosen by Log, uh, um, uh, shoot, what was that? Lincoln Project, the Lincoln Project, the, you know, fake Republicans that they wanted Liz Cheney to be their president. I think they still do. They act as though they're Republicans, but they are not, they are not, certainly not, uh, they do not embrace the the uh, platform. And they work against Republicans. They hate Trump, and they work against anyone who aligns with him or believes in what Mike Lee believes in. And so they're out to get him, and they put Evan McMullen up they put Evan McMullen up as a as a presidential candidate the last time around, and he failed miserably because he's he's kind of a strange guy. But what they do is they they presented him as an independent uh, who could work with both sides, which is what a lot of um, um, uninformed people say to me. I just don't want know why the parties can't work together. Well, you can't, you know, a person who believes that uh, and doesn't doesn't think you should kill people can't, you know, be. I'm giving you. Um, bad metaphor. <laughs> if you believe it's okay to kill and you're trying to be friends with someone who believes it's fine to kill, there's no middle ground. And so we're dealing with a very uh, polarized but dangerous situation where uh, some people within our midst and in our country and in our government are enemies of this country. We can't buddy up to them. We can't reach across the aisle and come to a, an agreement. And so what the Republicans have been doing is uh, bending over backwards to get these bipartisan, bipartisan. That's a, that was a big word in uh, Washington for such a long time. I think it still is. Maybe not so much. Uh, and then so they would give the Democrats everything they wanted and say it was bipartisan. That's what Mitch McConnell's been doing a long time. And so had uh, Kevin McCarthy, and so did John Boehner. Yeah, so it was nothing bipartisan about it. And we've been duped. And so they put Mike Lee up as an independent, and now he's doing the same thing, and he's actually really coming up in the polls. They're pouring tons of money in there to get rid of Mike Lee. Now, let me give you kind of an insight. As part of from just taking my uh, my viewpoint on this, I want you to have an idea of who Evan McMullen is. These are just a couple of statements I pulled out. We pulled out. Oh, by the way, uh, yeah, so that you can see, kind of get an insight into who Evan McMullen is. He's being presented as an independent who can work with both sides but it's just an absolute lie. In fact, I should just say, in fact, let's skip. Uh, Devin, let's go to 19. I want people to see who he really does support. Clip 19. 
For many, choosing between these two Americas will require us to do something we've never done before, crossing party lines to support a unifying presidential candidate of another party. I believe Joe to be an honorable patriot who's loyal to the Republic. And that's why I plan to put country over party and in November, cast my vote for Joe. Okay, so in the interim, Evan pretended to be a Republican. I think, you know, he may be pretending that now. I don't, I don't think so, though. I, I, honestly, I'm not sure if he's running as an independent or Republican because he changes, you see. Uh, but this is a few uh, phrases from Evan that I think you should hear. So you'll know why Mike Lee needs our help. And if you're not from I, uh, I, um, oh, Utah, you don't have to be from Utah. You could contact the Mike Lee campaign. You go to Mike Lee for Senate. That's what the uh, moniker is for most of these web pages. And volunteer. You can give money if you have money. You can make phone calls for him. If you have the money, you could fly out and do door knocking. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can do. Uh, it's not his Senate website. Always distinguished. It's not their Senate website. It is their campaign. It has to be Mike Lee for Senate. It's a totally separate entity. It has to be by law. All right, so here's Evan McMullen uh, just, you know, musing about various things. Clip 20. And to see that violent, that deadly insurrection happen that threatened our democracy, and then to watch a majority of House Republicans still vote to overturn the results of the election. All of that just describes, of course, a party that is sick, that is rotten to the core. There's a taboo within the Republican Party about attacking racism in America. And I know that that's the case because when you do it as a conservative, you get attacked by elements within the party. There is an element of the Republican base that is racist. Senator Romney has worked hard and consistently over the past three years. I think it's important. He works with Republicans and Democrats, Senator Lee, to deliver for Utah. And he voted in favor of the bipartisan infrastructure bill that you voted against. So now then we get to the bottom of it. Who is pushing uh, Evan McMullen in Utah? It's Senator Mitt Romney pushing this guy who voted for Joe Biden, is not pro-life. Uh, I've got another clip on that, but I'm not going to take time to play it. Uh, is accusing Republicans of being racist, uh, of uh, accusing Republicans of denying the election was stolen or whatever you want to, whatever, malfeasance in 2020. Uh, but Romney is behind him. So that's why Mike Lee needs uh, help. And so then to move on to, to Michigan, uh, I told you earlier that uh, the Secretary of State there, Jocelyn, Jocelyn, whatever her last name is, is um, charged with not removing dead people from the rolls and also changing the rules illegally of poll workers and refusing to change them back. She says she just doesn't have time. So Michigan, even though the court has ordered her to do that, Michigan is in a real tight race. Tudor Dixon is uh, uh, challenging Gretchen Whitmer, and she was on, I believe, with uh, uh, Maria Bartiroma. And so here, I want you to hear what Tudor has to say, at least a little bit of it. Here it is. Boy, when you look at Michigan, Whitmer and Biden are exactly in the same court when it comes to energy. She is trying to shut down a pipeline in the state of Michigan. You've seen this with the Biden administration with the Keystone Pipeline. Well, line five right here in Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer has been going after for four years now. She's still saying she wants to shut this pipeline down while people are about to pay the highest prices they've ever paid for energy and heating their homes this winter. We've already had 
many inches to almost two feet of snow in the Upper Peninsula. That's where we get our propane to heat homes is from Line 5 in the Upper Peninsula. She wants to shut that down and increase prices. She's talking about economic development in the state of Michigan, but that's 80% of the jet fuel out of our Detroit airport, and she's willing to have those prices go sky high. She doesn't know what she's doing when it comes to energy, but she knows she wants to be married to the progressive left and Biden policies. Don't forget that our own Rashida Tlaib here in Michigan was the one who was saying, get your money out of banks who support oil companies. And Gretchen Whitmer has said nothing about that because she is absolutely on board with those radical energy policies. She is the most radical governor there is in the country. She's running in a primary against Gavin Newsom for president right now. We can tell that from her progressive policies. But remember, I want I want your audience to know that Justin Trudeau came out and said, you cannot shut down this pipeline in Michigan, and she is more radical than Justin Trudeau pushing to still shut the pipeline down. We have got to make sure that these uh, these attacks on American energy stop, and we can make sure at least one of the attackers is stopped on November 8th in Michigan. All right, so Tudor Dixon, she's challenging Gretchen Whitmer. She's moving up in the polls. I don't know what the polls are this minute, but I'm just telling you she's uh, she's doing better and doing well, but all of them are so close, and this is when it gets dangerous for people that know how to cheat. Okay? So that's why we need eyes on the polls, eyes on the polls. And so who's counting.us, W-H-O-S, counting.us, will help you uh, learn. And you can go on there and sign up to be a poll watcher. You can learn with the videos. And also then if you contact Ned Jones at njones at cpc, p as in pi, i, dot org, cpi, uh, you can join their Election Integrity Coalition and really plug in to make a big difference. Uh, some some good news. Actually, up in New Hampshire, Don Boldak is virtually tied with Maggie Hassan. I don't think anybody uh, thought that that's in the Senate race, uh, that that could actually happen because he's a general and he was running behind the polls and New Hampshire is a, kind of a blue state. Uh, but that's actually happening. And uh, certainly we can see uh, that there is a mood in the country to make a change. Thank God. But we have no assurance that the people that are pulling the levers and managing those elections will provide fair and free elections. And so we have to fight in the way that we can, legally, and now let's do it. All right, thanks for listening. Sandy Rios in the morning on AFR Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.